Hello and welcome to the Albion Obsessed. Today we're here to talk to you about some breaking news about club signings. We're also going to be talking about the club's birthday, which we celebrated yesterday on the 24th of June. But before we get into any of that, let's see who we've got on the show today. Today we welcome Joe. Joe, how are you, my friend? I'm good and just uh, bear with me. Happy birthday to you for yesterday. Happy birthday to you. I'm going the whole way, Tom. Happy birthday, dear Brighton of Albion Football Club, founded in 1901. Happy birthday to you. That was beautiful, Joe. Thank you. That's going to get memes, but whatever. Good. Good. That's what we want. Uh, We also say hello to Dan. Dan, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, looking forward to chatting all things Albion again. Yeah, it's certainly been a while. I think the last episode we did um, was when we signed Julio Enciso and we chatted a bit about the Sumer as well. We've been a bit quiet since then, but not really. Uh, not much has really been going on with the club. Lots of rumours, which we'll get to a bit later. Um, but as we say, we celebrate the club's birthday yesterday. We're recording this on the 25th. Um, and yesterday, the 24th of June, um, was the club's 121st birthday. Um, that's quite impressive, isn't it, Joe? And I'm sure, you know, we could probably extend that if we wanted to. You know, we could add a few years like a, a team has done quite recently. You know, just change the year that your club's been founded. Because why not? You know, we could do that. Or we could just be truthful and say it's 121 years old, which is amazing. Joe, the club almost went out of business 25 years ago. We've chatted about it at length. Um, but do you find it quite amazing that we've reached this uh, this milestone after everything the club has been through? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, as we, you say, we've spoken about it at length and and chewed people's ears off. I've I've been in people's DMs to um, research what happened back then, and um, it's crazy. And you know, to to be celebrating our hundred twenty first birthday in the Premier League. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating our 125th birthday in the Premier League as well, because that will be um, a landmark for the club that they will fully celebrate, hopefully with a nice um, commemorative kit or something like that. Um, I'd like a little bit of gold in there or, or something. Uh, it would be lovely. Um, but yeah, I think we can be really proud and long may it continue. Most definitely. Let's hope that history continues. Dan, um, 121 years. Um We've recently, as I've just alluded to, there's a club not too far away from us that have uh, decided that they're going to change the year that their club was founded for to make them the one of the oldest clubs in the world. Um, how do you feel about doing that? Do you think it's just untruthful, un, you know, it's not authentic to the club's genuine history? Well, you just sort of, um, you want to be the, obviously, the villain of the oldest club, because the oldest club they want, you want to. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of new clubs which um you know they, they can say they're older it's like, like Wimbledon actually Wimbledon obviously is a new newish club even though the Wimbledon FC were older than that so but they they can do what they want they can have an old club if they want we can have a nice youngish club if, if instead yeah and that makes me laugh because uh, you could say uh somebody kicked around a pig's head in the 1500s down in Hove does that make us the oldest club in the world? Like, where does it stop? Some a, a dinosaur kicked a, a smaller dinosaur uh, a million billion years ago, around about where the Amex is. Where does it stop? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, uh, 
if you think about it, we the club well, the club Brighton Hove Albion was born out of the ashes of Brighton United, which was founded in 1898. And then there was Brighton and Hove Rangers in 1900. So does that mean we can extend our our club's history because we were born out of the ashes um, of those clubs? Um, obviously, fans of that club will say to them, oh, but, but we were. We were around, but it was an amateur outfit. So your professional club didn't get founded. But anyway, I don't want to talk about thing them. Is, I, I think you it. want your club to be true to themselves and, and and keep with it. Because, for example, I might get 1901 tattooed on me one day um, in celebration of our football club. If they changed it, I'd be fuming. <laughs> yeah, I totally get what you mean. You know, you, you can't change your club's history, even if you want to. You've got to keep the bad bits, the good bits. And the bits where your club was founded. But anyway, less about that. Just thought it was an interesting uh, little site, uh, segment in regards to our club history. Happy birthday, Brighton and Hove Albion. We love you lots. Um, we have a new signing, gentlemen. We have a new signing, Simon, or is it Simone, uh, Adingra from FC Norsh Island uh, in the Danish league. Um, 20 years old, prominently a left winger, but can play anywhere across the front three. Um, has been described as quick, direct and skillful. Now, chances are we're not going to see him in the first team in the uh, the season that's coming up. But do you think those, um, you know, those traits of being quick, direct and skillful, are they traits that something that has been missing from our club since perhaps even the likes of Anthony Notcart and Kazenga Luwa Joe, what do you think? Uh, yeah, but I don't think you can read too much into it until we actually see him play. You can watch as many YouTube highlights as you like and get excited about him. This isn't me writing him off by any means. Um, I'm not going to slate him uh, until he kicks a ball for us plenty of times so I can make a, a fair enough judgment. Um, but I'm pretty sure that Elvis Manu was described as quick, uh, direct and skillful as well. Um, so I'm not going to get too excited. And again, this is not me tarring him with the same brush as Elvis Manu because his professionalism was disgraceful. We've moved on big time as a club since then. Um, and I think uh, some, something about we, we had 12 scouts when Paul Barber started and now we've got up to 300, um, which is just incredible. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully our scouting network have, have done wonders again because they have. You look at Caicedo, Alzate, uh, I could go on and list our whole under-23s or our whole loan list because there is serious talent there. Um, so it's, it is another one to be excited about for sure. Yeah, and it's very much in keeping with uh, the club's trajectory of signing young talent. Uh, Dan, um, rumour has it that some pretty big clubs across Europe were after the lad. He scored 10 goals in 31 appearances in the Danish Superliga with, as I say, FC, FC North Island, which I'm sure I'm, um, you know, completely butchering the pronunciation. Um, he's likely to be sent on loan, which I believe is to aid his work permit application. But do you think even if that wasn't the case, do you think a loan move is the only sensible step for someone so young? I think you could sort of say the same with Evan Ciso, really, really. Like, obviously, he's much younger, and uh, he looks like he's going to be in and around the first team, which, which for someone so young is probably quite a, a daunting task, especially, especially being that age and coming to the Premier League, which is you know one of the biggest, biggest league watch leagues in the world. Um, I think with him, it's sort of um, 
he's got. I think he loan would be good for him because I think striking options now. I think we've now got a lot which we can't really say before, which is we've got we got so much talent up front. So we probably would need to probably send him out on loan to sort of get experience anyway, whether permanent or not. Um, we always imagine it's going to be at USG probably anyway, but obviously it's probably a good place to probably start, start learning and to start in the Champions League, which which uh, probably he didn't want to think, but obviously I'm just speculating he's going there, so we don't know, but we know. It'll be interesting to see where he goes though. Most definitely. It'll be a case of, is it will, will it be worth gaining some experience in the English leagues lower down, the likes of League One for Championship perhaps, or uh, continue. Of course, you won't be able to do that. Of course, you won't because of work permit, which is what I've just said. So, yeah, most likely a, a loan to a European uh, club there. But, Joe, £6 million is the figure being banded about. Um, again, I'm going to go back to history. £6 million, 20 years ago, it would have been inconceivable to spend that sort of money on a player that we're just going to send back out on loan. But does it you know, show the intent of the club, uh, that this idea that we can buy these players in and then, you know, help progress their careers and then sell them on for profit at a later date. Yeah, I when I started really getting into the club, that was when we were signing Will Buckley for a million um, and fans were like, whoa, and then Craig McHale-Smith for two and a half. Um, and then the season after, you, or a couple of seasons after, you're looking at Leonardo Ujoa leaving for eight million. And those figures were just mind-blowing. Um, and now we're talking about a potential Mark Kukurea deal away from us and... 50 million again is being banded around 30 odd million for Basuma. This money is just for us fans, it just seems fictional money. I always look at it and it never really sinks in just how much money that is. Um, but as you rightly say, six million pounds for a player that probably won't feature for the first team, at least this season, is quite a lot of money, and, and he clearly has. A lot of talent, as you say, a lot of other clubs were scouting him. Um, and we're the lucky ones that get to bring him and, and develop him um, and, and see him hopefully become a really important player for this football club. Let's hope so. I'm going to completely speculate now. But if like my very quick maths is correct, I think we probably spent more on development players or under 23s or whatever you'd like to call them over the last few years than we have on first team players. So it very much shows how the club wants to step forward. I obviously know that like Adam Webster, quite a lot of money there, but in the last season, if you think uh, this new lad, you've got in CISO, um, you know, Kadra, um, Matoma, all these players, you know, that we've paid a lot of money for them. As I say, like money that a few years ago, we would have like completely dropped, you know, draw dropping figures for players that haven't even featured for our first team yet. So it's going to be a very exciting future for these players and for the team to see which one of these players can step up. And I suppose, as we've spoke about previously, the preseason is a perfect time for Graham Potter to get to see these players, to get to know their strengths, how they need to develop, and then decide how he's going to set up his team now of course there's still a lot of transfer window left and there's a lot of rumors rumbling along um and one of those dan is the continual rumor about mark kukurea in the last week i think i've seen 25 million 30 million 40 million all banded around i've seen lots of in the know uh, accounts telling us almost every day that um personal terms have been agreed um 
Will you be glad, Dan, when this transfer saga eventually finishes one way or the other? To be honest, I, I think it's probably near enough it's, it's at its end if, if he goes or not. I think it's getting ridiculous now. I think every day he's seen that he's agreed personal terms with Man City. And it's like, it's like, just, you pay the money. You need to pay the money. You know, that doesn't matter. He can, can, can agree personal terms with whoever he wants. They, the club needs to pay the money. If they're not going to win to pay the money, then they're not going to get the, get the club, get, get the player. Um, and uh, I saw last night that, I, that obviously that they've just they've just signed another player. And I was saying the next top target is going to be Kukurea. And I was like, well, you're still far apart with valuation. We're not going to drop our price for anybody, no matter who you are. So unless you're going to pay what we want, you're not going to get the player. Uh, and someone said to me, said 40. I was like, well, we want 50. So how is 40 going to be a done deal if, um, theory if you want 50? So, yeah, I'll be going when it's all over. But I say, I, I can't see Man City probably paying what we want. But there we go. They have, they have, they have got the money, but, but the, they have to worry about financial stuff. And obviously, they, they would have to start selling more players and, We'll have to see, but I, I do think it's nearly the end. It's got to be nearly there. Well, Joe, we've seen that Man City have just bought in Calvin uh, Phillips from Leeds. Um, I saw an interesting tweet on Twitter saying about how Man City don't need Calvin Phillips, nor do they need Jack Grealish. But what Man City like to do is they almost they buy players, almost a little bit like Bayern Munich. They buy players from other teams that could be a threat to them. So it's almost like just trying to keep that dominance going. Do you subscribe to that theory? Do Man City need Kukure? Do they need Calvin Phillips? Uh, I would say out of anyone that they're going to bring in this season, they need Kukure. Um, Because I think Zinchenko might be off. I'm not 100% sure um, whether he's not in Pep's plans or not, but that seems to be an unresolved issue there. Out of everyone, they need Mark Kukurea. There's no doubt. He is world class and he could be one of the best fullbacks in the world because, yeah, the the guy on, not even on his day, that even if he's got an off day, he still he still pulls out a 7 out of 10 out of the bag, performance-wise. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think they just look at the, the players and think that they could fit into Pep's ways of playing obviously it hasn't worked out quite as well as it want uh, as Jack Grealish wanted to but there's always next season um and Pep Guardiola is the best manager in the world um and we could see a completely different Jack Grealish next year Calvin Phillips we all know the the Euros um performances he put in were second to none throughout some of the games he was utterly unbelievable um so Maybe they do need a player like him, obviously with Fernandinho not being in the picture anymore. Um, so I think they're, they're bringing in the right type of player. It's just whether it works out or not. Um, but obviously for, for, uh, for clubs like us, for clubs like Leeds, it's unbelievably frustrating that they can just knock at your door, put the money on your doorstep and go, we'll have him, come on. And then your team is just taken apart like Mark Kukurea easily our best player um now Basuma's gone um even maybe before Basuma uh, left you could argue he was our best player last season well he he was he was voted player of the season for the the first team and the fans 
Um, so yeah, it's unbelievably frustrating, and I don't know what more to say about it because it's all all been said before uh, on Twitter about financial fair play. La Liga obviously putting in a complaint about them as well. Um, where does it stop? Because it's going to ruin football eventually. Where does it stop? This money is just disgusting. I suppose like most things, Dan, um, the big teams like City won't get touched, whereas teams like Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Portsmouth, Bury, yeah, they'll, they'll all get punishments. They'll get fined. They'll drop down the leagues. But who cares about them, right? Because as long as we've got Man City continuing to earn millions, if not billions around the globe, who cares? Who cares? Dan, what do you think of Man City's uh, financial, I suppose, uh, dealings? Is it above board or... Are they simply just buying the league? Well, you can sort of look at look at like um, I've seen like tables and stuff where where you say like how they how all the teams buy buy players and like Liverpool have won the league for the last few years and they they I think they're like somewhere mid table they've they've done fairly well with what they what they buy with obviously they just spent seventy five million which is unheard of for for Nunes obviously who we wanted Bernie just for twenty five um, and. So you see, like Man City buying, I think the first half figure something like two hundred million on defenders alone. I mean, they've spent they spent on defenders is outrageous money, and and really, it's you could sort of say they're buying the league, which really they do, but they sort of buying players, which which obviously then they, it strengthens their team a bit more. And it was I remember one one season, maybe it must be in the last few years. That they they put our second team and it's about as strong as their first team. It's like you sort of you can't you can't battle against that. But but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 going to be one of those things where where we um, say where Bury off. So I've just seen that Bury having a, a game at the stadium. I think it's today, the first time in three years. And obviously they're on the rise now, which which is good to see. Um, and you know obviously Portsmouth had that problem for. For ongoing problem for two years, thinking they're coming back out of it, they've been back into it because they've. It was, I, think Harry, I think it was Harry Redknapp's time at the club who really destroyed them. Um, He's done yeah, that with quite a few clubs. Yeah, obviously with Birmingham, Birmingham had a bit of a problem with with uh, Harry Redknapp as well. If I remember rightly. Um, but yeah, I'll be coming when all this stuff's over. We can sort of sort of get rid of it all. I genuinely believe, um, Tom, that there should be something implemented. Something like it could be called the grassroots tax. So every multi-million pound transfer that goes on from Premier League clubs, a percentage of it should be passed down to the to the Conference League or to League Two or to to these clubs that are seriously struggling for not really any reason at all. If you look at the issues that have been implemented, uh, obviously looking at Chelsea, obviously that's a, another beast um there um but all of these financial dodgy dealings that go on between all these massive clubs how as you rightly said how are they not getting sanctions or maybe they are they they get they're getting sanctions that they can just easily pay it's like pocket money to them a million pound fine ah easy a million pound fine to bury boom they're dead they're gone forever um, and it's amazing, as you say, Dan, that they're getting to play a game at their stadium again. Um, and yeah, I, I wish there was something like a grassroots tax 
um, that, that we could implement. And it would just give so much more support, even to what I do. Like we, we play football on a Sunday on the worst pitch you could find, but it's great fun. We love it. But how, how do they expect our youth to be developed on these sorts of surfaces? There's nothing, especially in the area that I'm in now. There's barely anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wish that this money was used in the correct way <laughs> and not just, oh, let's spend £100 million on Haaland. No, as soon as it starts to affect shareholders and, you know, people like that, they don't, you know, that's when that's when it will hit home. But until you do that, you know, as you say, Joe, you know, a million pounds to Man City is a drop in the ocean. But I know we're digressing, but it, the, all of the Premier League clubs could have saved Bury. They could have done that, but they didn't. They chose not to. Um, and, you know, the the football league they choose they choose to chase the likes i'm not i want to preface this by saying i'm not saying that what derby have done over the years is right i'm not i'm not saying what portsmouth did was right i'm not saying what the likes of qpr have done is right they've obviously breached financial fair play but the penalties imposed upon them have seen their teams tumble down the leagues you know if you look at the likes of portsmouth they're now in league one and they've been there for years um so you know you might say the punishment fits the crime but how is it that other teams are able to operate almost without any sort of sanctions as they please. And the only answer I can come up with is because they're very, very, very wealthy. The thing is as well, if you look at the sanctions that have been given in other leagues, where like, example, Juventus were demoted by like three leagues and they had to literally build their way back up. And Rangers. Um, and Rangers, yeah, exactly. So these clubs aren't invincible they aren't untouchable they're people are just so scared of them and it's embarrassing it certainly is we have digressed a little bit away from the point but i think it was one of those things that needed to be said um a bit of catharticism there um another piece of transfer news has broken this morning from sky sports uh, saying that apparently roma and sevilla are monitoring joel veltman's situation at brighton because of the length of his contract so, Joe, it's feasible that this season we could, or in this preseason, sorry, we could lose our player of the season and someone who, for many, Joel, in the case of Joel Veltman, who was the, the second person who could have been the player of the season. What do you make of Joel Veltman's situation? Do you think it's just rumour or do you think there's anything to it at this point? I don't know how much truth there is to this, um, but I saw somebody tweet that Joel Veltman has a lot of uh, property investments in and around the Sussex area um, and his wife is heavily pregnant. Um, so given those factors, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but obviously you never know in football, um, a phone call could be made, something makes sense and then they leave. Um, but to be honest, I'm just sick of just waking up, going on Twitter and then another one of our players is linked to a, a big Champions League move. It's credit to us, it is, because we've performed this well that people are looking at our players and saying, hold on a minute, they picked up Joel Veltman for 900k, um, let's have a, a, a slice of that. Because he is, he's, well, he's a world-class defender. He's been unbelievable this last half of the season, even throughout the whole season. I know he had a little dip, um, but everyone does. They're human, for crying out loud. Um, it's just really frustrating because by, by this rate, we're not going to have 
like a, a team that we recognise anymore. Obviously, we we've, we've got a lot of players coming back from loan. We've spoken about them at length as well. Um, but we need to keep this core of the squad. I know, obviously, Kukurea might go. Basuma's gone. But we really need to keep this core of lads together and, and just be pushing in the same direction because we could achieve something really special next season. And I hope that they've been sold that dream as well. I hope so. I mean, I think, you know, top 10 Premier League, that's got that's got to be worth something. We've, we've said this before about it being a way to entice players into the club. So I suppose now that we have um, finished in the top 10 inside of the Premier League, that is one way we can start um you know, trying to get players to come to us and say, look, we're a top 10 Premier League team now and we want to keep building ambitions. Um, Dan, just really quickly on uh, Joel Veltman. Um, is he perhaps the single best bargain, bargain signing that the club has ever made? As far as my memory goes, I can't think of anyone else cheaper that's been as good as he has. Um I think really with with this, it's always just interesting at the moment. I think they're basically saying, they say with the one year left, yes, the noise is going. He was good for Brighton last season. Well, he was good in this league. Well, we'll know to see if there's any interest in there, see what's happening. Obviously, seeing as they've got, he's got one year left. It has basically gone. Oh, well, you know, we'll see what happens. If because obviously they might not want to pay paying a, a transfer fee right now because they might think oh, he might be available for free next season instead. So. It's sort of I'd imagine if they offered him a contract, I'd imagine he'd stay. I, I can't think of any reason why he wouldn't. Because he's, he's, he's getting game time here. I'm sure sure that that Van Gaal was watching watching the the Premier League all the time to see who's playing and who's doing what. So I can't imagine he won't get in. He he continually won't get into the Netherlands squad by, by playing here. So I'd imagine he he'd still still be viable to be to, to stay here and have a nice, nice, nice long career. That certainly would be uh, optimum for us. Uh, let's hope that Joel Veltman sees it where, that way. And as you say, Joe, hopefully there's enough uh, personal reasons to keep him around for for the foreseeable future. I think he will be another big loss if the club uh, did uh, part, way, part ways with Joel Veltman. Um, but as ever, nothing is uh, certain until we see it uh, announced through the official channels, the same way with Mark Kukre. I'll believe it when I see it. And until then, all those Twitter in the know accounts, you can go away to put it in a family friendly way because we don't want any explicity on this episode, which we won't get because Aaron's not here. So anyway, um, so that's it from us at the Albion obsessed today, guys, we will of course keep you in touch with anything that is, you know, done a done deal we're not gonna we're not a rumor mill we're not gonna perpetuate those rumors any more than we absolutely have to um so yeah keep your eyes on the channel because we're going to come up with you come at you with some new content very soon we're still waiting on the likes of the kit to be announced um so joe you told me that you, there's a rumor floating around god i just said we weren't going to be dealing with rumors and here i am talking about rumors and not the fleetwood mac album either joe we're talking about actual rumors joe one quick rumor that i will uh, divulge myself in simply because I love a good shirt. New shirt potential release date next week. Are we going to see it, Joe? Are we going to see the new shirt? Uh, I don't know if my microphone's buggered up. So can you still hear me? Because it's doing all sorts on my screen. Is, does it still sound as good? I can confirm that we can still hear you, Joseph. Okay, that's good. Um, so yeah, I, I've seen a few tweets bannered about. 
Um, again, I don't know how true they are. You said about rumours. Um, 29th of June, hopefully. Um, but that is obviously, I would say, the kit reveal. Um, and then I saw somebody else say this morning that the kit won't be released for sale until late July. Um, so we could still be waiting a while, but who knows, <laughs> really? Yeah. And for kit nerds like me, who's just pushed a, I just posted a, a picture on uh, Twitter of my shirt collection, my home shirt collection, I add. Um, it's just so agonizing to wait because I just want to take another picture of all my lovely shirts. But anyway, we divulge, we divulge, we digress. God. It's a Saturday. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. But anyway, as I say, guys, keep your eyes uh, tuned onto the channel. We're going to come up with you, uh, come at you. I've done it again. Fuck's sake. Joe, can you edit that bit out? <laughs> God damn it. I can try. <laughs> oh, I just can't get my words out. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, bye. bye. I blame the hay fever. <laughs> Forgive me. I'll try and do a better sign off, Joe. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, go. So that's it from Albion Obsessed today. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe for more content if you haven't done so already. As I say, keep your eyes peeled on the channel because we'll be coming at you with some new content regularly all through the summer. Take care, guys. We'll see you next time.